Welcome to Season 1, Episode 3 of the Living for Today podcast, where we will explore the boundaries between reality and spirituality. I'll be your host, Ryan Kurzak. In today's episode, I will be talking with Karen White, an entrepreneur and astrologer, about the top 10 characteristics of a happy, loving relationship. I trust you'll enjoy it. Hey, welcome, Karen. Thank you for being here with me today. Well, thank you for inviting me. This is fun. Yeah. Um, and you, you know the reason why I, why I asked you here, but just for um, our audience who's listening at home, um, Karen White is a, a good friend of mine. Uh, she's a, a colleague of mine. And uh, like me, she has been in um, successful long-term relationships and uh, in her life, uh, she had also been married before, and um, uh, her spouse had passed away as well. And um, what, what was, did he have cancer? What did he pass away from, Karen? Um, esophageal cancer. Okay. The rest of his body, so. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Karen and I have some similar, uh, I think some similar understanding about relationships, which is what we're going to be talking about. And... The reason I wanted her here is because in my own life, you know, while I did have a good, wonderful, fantastic 22 to 23 year long relationship, um, there was a lot of that relationship, certain things that I had done or not done or <clears throat> was not mature enough to understand uh, that caused me some regret after Melissa passed. And because of that, I had talked to some of my friends and a lot of them were asking me, well, what did you learn? What is it that you regret? What is it that you would do differently? And <clears throat> the more I thought about it, there were numerous things that I wanted to share them. And I wanted to have my perspective, but I also wanted to have uh, Karen's perspective on this because she is, she is also um, now in uh, a very good, supportive, loving relationship. And in my mind, if you're going to learn something about anything, it's best if you learn it from someone who is successful at that which you want to know. <laughs> so what, what we decided to do after talking about this was come up with our, our top five things, our, our top five points um, that, that we thought after having successful relationships and going through great loss in relationships, what is the most valuable thing? What is the most important thing such that one can have a successful relationship? And that while they're going through the relationship, um, they don't come out of it with regrets. They, or at least as, as few as possible. And, and that when, when they get to the end of the road, maybe they'll look back and see, you know, what a rich, wonderful time we had together walking together. So this is why I brought Karen here, because I know that she has some insights into these things. Um, so before we get into our list of the top five things that we each have, um, do you have anything to, to add to that little introduction, Karen, or should we just jump in? That's probably good. Okay. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, so when I was thinking about this, uh, you know, one of the things that came up for me uh, after Melissa passed was we, we had a, a fantastic relationship, and I think most of our friends and, and family would, would think about that as well. Um, 
but there was one particular theme that kind of threaded through our relationship that I've heard other people talk about as well. Uh, when people write to me when they want to get a, 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 an astrological session, and Karen's also an astrologer, and as you can imagine, uh, most of the time astrologers get asked things about relationships. There's always this idea of how can I find a partner uh, that, that will understand me and that, and that I will understand. Yeah. And I do believe that Melissa and I understood each other fairly well, but there was, there was a wide range of things that as, as a, I think as a male, I could not understand about her being a female. Right. And I think there was a number of things that you know, her being a female could not understand about me. And that was just gender oriented. You know, there are other aspects too. And what I recognized was after spending all that time with Melissa after taking care of her uh, through all the chemotherapy and bone marrow transplant, and her, her parents helped out a lot with that, um, what I recognized was it does not matter if I understood her at all. What mattered was that I loved her and that whatever I did, it was, it was to be an act of love, to support her. I, I didn't have to understand her. And so my top... My top uh, kind of regret that, that prompted this is not having spent more time during those 23 years that we were together, just simply appreciating her for who she was, loving her, even though I didn't understand her. And so I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, Karen, have you found that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my God. That's like the one thing that I say all the time. And that is that acceptance is more important than understanding. <laughs> right. Because understanding is limited. Right. I mean, how much can we really understand another person we, when we can hardly understand ourselves? Yeah, I barely understand me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it's so funny, though. That was the first thing I wrote down when I was thinking about the five oh. you know, things. And, um, of course, I didn't follow directions. Right. You know, seven. Oh, you've but, got seven. That's fine. Well, if we just, if we just shared the same one, yeah, then that doesn't, the same that, one. that doesn't count. Yeah. You, so you can't I, take I, mine. Right. So I just, I just put it a different way, which was to not assume that your partner is like you. Mm, and then there's like the, the differences in the sexes. I mean, that alone is huge. Right. I mean, it's so huge that there are people who dedicated their lives to studying the brain differences between the brain science between men and women, Mm. you know, and there's a lot there it's huge and i really like the differences between men and women mm-hmm. you know well, and the more i learn the more i like men <laughs> i like them exactly the way they are <laughs> they're awesome seriously what um you know we can understand that for maybe the things that, that we had gone through in regards to relationship but you know in your own work again as we mentioned, you are an astrologer, and, and if you want to learn more about Karen, you can go to divinetimeastrology.com. Uh, but do, have you found any way to share that with people? I mean, I've tried to talk to people and say, look, quit thinking about finding the person who's going to understand you. Quit thinking about finding the person who's going to get you. Find someone that you get along well enough that you can just simply love unconditionally and let them live their lives. Have you found a way to, to be able to communicate that to people in an in a useful way? Yeah, pretty much. You know, I had a client recently who she was, all right, she was like, okay, where's this going? Where's this going? And so I asked her, I said, well, how's it going now? Mm -hmm. Well, it's really good. 
I said, and you spend enough time together, you're emotionally satisfied? She goes, yeah. And when you're together, it's easy and pretty much, and you have fun? And she goes, yeah. And I said, right. why not just be there now then? Just mm -hmm. enjoy it the way it is. And not, you know, start causing problems because the future isn't here yet. Right. And it was one of those situations where, you know, the energy is a little bit reversed and, um, so her process is fast, faster than his. And so I just keep reminding her of that you're ready before he is and you can't push that. You can't push it. Just be there. You know, don't be in such a hurry to get this thing that you think you need when you're having a good time now. Well, I, I still think that we should be able to try to get someone on a schedule where we say, if we're leaving at eight o'clock, <laughs> you actually leave at eight o'clock. Is that still, is that still something I shouldn't be trying to, to, to focus on? No, that's something different. That's okay. altogether different, you know? And so, and sometimes when people, I mean, relationships do have a trajectory. They right. do need to grow or they die. That's mm -hmm. true. But our pace is different at times. And even when the energy is going in the so-called right direction, where the man is the masculine naturally, just because of where the moons are from each other, mm -hmm. it still doesn't mean that everything's going to be the way you want it when you want it. Right. So, but is it good enough for now? I mean, are you enjoying yourself? That's kind of what I say. You know, I, I, um, I think maybe I've kind of forgot your question. Oh, <laughs> oh well, the, the idea, um, well, gee, now I've forgotten it too. Um, let, me, let me look at my notes. <laughs> All right. Uh, how, do you, um, how do you get that across to someone that you don't have to understand your partner? And, or, you know, that's even another thing. Why is it that we feel we have to understand the, the other person? Uh, well, do you know what I mean? I do. Um, and one of the things that a man can say to a woman that really frustrates her is, I just don't understand why you feel that way. Mm. Which is another way of saying, I don't think you should feel that way. Exactly. Mm. And because I don't feel that way, I wouldn't feel that way. Well, no, probably you wouldn't because you're not me. Right. <laughs> you know? So <clears throat> that's why I think acceptance is more important than understanding. Well, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter if you understand why someone feels a certain way. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. Because that person may not know. They exactly. Not say, well, I feel this way because. Mm -hmm. Exactly. This is the reason why. Well, on the other end of that too, you know, kind of going along with uh, some of the, the longer range views within, within this podcast is, you know, oftentimes, like you said, an individual doesn't understand why they feel a certain way. I mean, it can, be, it can be a trigger from a past relationship or a trigger from a childhood experience that comes up. And, you know, when you're in a relationship with someone and they're feeling a certain way, and then all of a sudden you come in and say, as you mentioned, well, I don't understand, which translates into, you know, you don't need to be feeling that way. In a sense, you're missing the big, bigger picture of, while wow, this person's having an experience, I don't know why. They may or may not know why, but what actually matters is that, that they are having that experience and how can I... How can I be there with them in that experience? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I think curiosity is important. And, and on a, on a more day-to-day uh, -day level, you know, one of the reasons this came up for me, Melissa and I didn't really have a whole lot of differences in philosophy and understanding about things, but this, the little things in our day-to-day -day life would be different. You know, for example, um, I remember it would drive me crazy whenever she would 
she would, she would want to fall asleep and she loved the show Friends. Mm-hmm. And she would fall asleep, like always watching Friends. And I would think to myself, why do you always have to fall asleep, you know, with, with, with the, connected to your, your earphones or, or something like that? And I remember one of the, the people in uh, the meditation uh, group, the online meditation course that I have, um, his wife, he was younger, probably in his early 20s, maybe, maybe mid-20s. But his wife loved to do things like go in, I think, go antique shopping or, or going out and, and doing just what he called or thought were sort of like frivolous things, things which were kind of a waste of time. Mm-hmm. And when he told me about that, you know, this was after um, uh, Melissa had been sick and, and might have been after she passed. Um, but I told him, I said, look, man, that doesn't matter. I'm like, if she's your wife and you love her and she wants to go antique shopping, go antique shopping with her. You know, yeah. just if, if this is someone that you truly love and someone that, that, you're, that is a, a meaningful part of your life, if they like doing something you don't, just go do it to be with them. Just appreciate what they're doing, you know. So part of this was, in my mind, trying to encourage people to let go of these maybe little petty things that they hyper-focus on that will actually prevent them from appreciating how good a relationship really is. Yeah. Exactly. You know, do you find that to be the case when you talk to people that they, they do a lot of that? Yeah, because we, I think that we have a, the curse of this, of the ideal relationship in our heads. Right. You know, I, I don't, I think that's caused more problems than anything else. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in astrology, it's like, okay, if you have these things between each other astrologically, then you've got a perfect relationship. Well, I really wish we wouldn't even say things like that because I've never ever seen that. Right. Somebody they always there's always something that's not perfect. Mm-hmm. And when you're in a relationship, you're in a relationship so that you can be influenced by that person. Right. Because you want to experience their world too, not just your own ideas about what it should be like to be with that person because then you're just in a relationship with yourself. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? It's just, you, you just have to be curious and mm-hmm. see, okay, why do you like that so much? Or, right. Or even if you don't, if he doesn't know why, it's like, okay, tell me about it. Yeah. Yeah, because we, we don't know how we're going to grow. You know, that's sort of the thing. You know, when I look back, I would never have thought that I would have thought about, known about, considered many of the things that I learned by being in a relationship which with a person who was... I mean, did have quite a lot of fundamental differences than I did, you know. Um, so I think, I think you're right there. It's important to remember that this is a, this is a process of growing. And in a sense, you're, you're, you're influencing each other. You're, you're growing together into something else, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that would be my number one. And obviously, it was one of yours, too. So I'm going to... F- go to you and give you a chance. What, what is something on your list that, that came up? Um, well, I think that education is so important. I have a huge, I believe in education. Okay. And I think that you should educate yourself on, if you're straight, you know, educate yourself on the opposite sex. <laughs> okay. Or at least on the yin and yang principles, you know, how they're different. You know, and I've made a study of relationships probably since I was 16. Mm-hmm. And, um, okay, what was I going to say? Oh, and, and even now, I'm learning new stuff. Mm-hmm. So as people learn more, like based on the brain science and stuff, well, I learn it too. 
Right. I thought it was like, okay, so I know everything and pretty much about it now, right? Right. No. <laughs> I was listening to a lecture by um, Alison Armstrong, uh, a woman who, who studies brains, you know, research on the differences between men and women. And she perfectly explained a fight that I had just had with my husband the day before. Mm-hmm. And it was only because I didn't understand something about his gender. Hmm. That's it. Okay. It was all it was. It wasn't it, it, nowhere near as personal as I thought it was. Right. You know, it was just because he's a guy. Well, so in that, in, in that, in that idea, I mean, you don't have to tell what the fight was about, but like, what was, <laughs> well, what was the quality of, of what was the quality that because he was, of the male gender that caused the difficulty in understanding there? Like what was the, he was doing something differently than the way I would do it. Okay. And he, he does it. And I found out that's the way men do things. Okay. (laughs) I think what it is, is it has to do with his ability to, um, to determine whether or not something is worth his energy. Right. And, you know, because I'm female, we try to do a lot of different things. Like we're always doing a bunch of little stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. And what I didn't realize was that doing those little things all the time is rebuilding my, my female hormones. Okay. And, but when men sit and they seem to be being lazy and doing nothing, is <laughs> <laughs> when they're rebuilding their hormones, their testosterone. Right. So now once I understood that, now I'm concerned to make sure that he gets enough of the flickering flame, you know, sitting in front of the campfire thing where he's basically resting and waiting until there was a problem that's big enough to get up and solve. Right. <laughs> you see what I mean? Just because I think it's important in that moment doesn't mean that it's efficient. So he was being lazy and you, you thought that was the wrong thing to do. I think, well, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I don't know if I would use that word. So that word has crossed my mind yeah. at various times. He, you know, or he's lazy because, hey, he doesn't think that this is important as I do. Right. <laughs> um, but when it really is important, then he takes care of it. Right. And I love the way he takes care of it. Well, I can count on him. We, we, had, had, we had had a conversation Similar, similar to this before, and I don't remember whether it was when we were over at Ernst's in uh, Arizona or if we had just done a video on it, but I remember uh, talking about this idea of like when it comes to kind of dealing with uh, the opposite sex that oftentimes uh, it's really good for women to feel like cherished in a way. Like, so, so if, if you're, I guess, you're in a heterosexual relationship, uh, for women to feel cherished, so the, the man does things to, to contribute to that feeling. And that one of the things on the other side of it that, that, that men seem to respond well to is having a sense of uh, being trusted or respected. respected is, yeah. that, is that accurate? Did we talk about that before, or is that something else? I think then? we have to some extent, yeah. Okay. It totally is. And that that's just goes back to the thing where I think that the number one thing is to not assume that your partner is like you. Right. And that they have the same needs and they, they um, experience love the same way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What they want is, can be completely different than what you want, right. what you think you need anyway. 
And it, I think that the differences between the men, men and women come into that in a big way. Because I remember my first husband, the one who passed away, one time he actually said to me, he says, you know, sometimes you just say the wrong thing. <laughs> and I was like, well, tell, educate me, please. Tell me right. what to say. And I, he wasn't really able to do that. And that was frustrating because I didn't want to do it again, mm-hmm. you know. But it really alerted me to the fact that, you know, book learning is one thing, but experiential learning is another thing. Mm-hmm. And you really want your partner to be able to feel safe to tell you, well, you know, when you said that thing, it made me feel like you didn't respect me or whatever it was. I'm sure that that's what it came down to. Right. Because I know what my intentions were. Mm-hmm. My intentions were not to do anything like that. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, so, and so that just leads to another thing I wanted to say, which was to assume the best of your partner. Okay. Assume that they're not, you know, some psychopath who's trying to gaslight you and right. that they're after you and, you know, that they mean you any ill. And just assume that they're maybe just not able to express themselves or they're not understanding something or they didn't hear you, you know, they're trying to do something good, but they're not doing it in a way that you can understand because it really makes a big difference to assume the best, you know, to give them the benefit of the doubt. I, I, I completely agree with that. But then I start thinking about women I've known who have really been in relationships with some uh, yeah, well, sociopathic people. So how do you tell the difference between the two? The different, well, you know, I'm talking about normal neurotics. Okay, normal neurotics. <laughs> most of us are. We're normal neurotics. I'm not talking about the... Constant. You know, I, yeah, I'm not talking about this, the, the, the small majority of... Well, not the small majority, but the people who are... What is it? Pathological. Right. They're on a further down the scale. Well, I guess the way I would look at that is, um, so for example, if you're in a relationship with someone and you kind of kind of scroll back or, or look back to the majority of your experiences, if say nine out of 10 of them were n- normal and didn't seem out of the ordinary, but then you get one where there's uh, you are either confused or you are offended or you don't feel respected or you, or you feel uh, hurt in some way, that maybe what you're saying is um, instead of jumping to the conclusion that they're maliciously out to get you for some reason, stop right. and, and, and maybe try to figure out why did that happen or, or try, try to figure out an underlying cause rather than jumping to a conclusion that they're really out to get you in a way. Yeah, yeah don't assume that. Right, but but if it, but if it's pathological, I mean, it happens repeatedly. See, that's that's different. That's yeah, that, that, that's why I want to that's why I want to talk about that because I think there are plenty of people that you know they have those relationships where two out of ten times things are good, but the other eight it's not, and they focus on the two out of ten rather than yeah. the other eight. So, but right now we're talking about those those situations where it, it's one out of ten times, right? It's, yeah, it's, yeah, where it's just like more and more of a normal, like you get along like 99% of the time. Right, right. And every now and then you have this big World War Three kind of argument. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, you know, and then afterwards you're like, what was that? Mm-hmm. And 
it's really interesting too because in the heat of the moment when you're really upset you don't have the ability to see really what's going on it's not until afterwards mm-hmm. and you see it and then you talk about it and somehow you're able to say what you wanted to say in the first time the first place right after you're like sort of analyzing that big old fight you had mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying it's like yeah. oh that's all it was well, you know, when I think back, uh, when, I, when I think back over the years and um, to the previous uh, idea that you came up with, the idea of um, when we're kind of talking about having a sense of respect and then a sense of being cherished, you know, one of my issues was um, uh, getting questioned. So if, if I'm trying to do something and then like I'm getting questioned about like why am I doing it that way or, or what's this all about, I think from a male perspective, that feels like I don't, I don't trust this person. Uh, you, you see, and then, yeah. and, then, and then because I see this in people's relationships where it actually leads to one of my uh, issues too, where say, you know, the male energy or the masculine part of the relationship is, is trying to lead. Mm-hmm. And it just keeps getting met with, you know, one question or one doubt after another. And so from the, the male's perspective, that can seem like a, a, a what's the word, um, a, a criticism of their ability to, to, to do right by the relationship, mm. you know, and, um, and that leads to sometimes, I think these kinds of misunderstandings that you're talking about. And, and when, it, when it's long term, you can get 20, 30 years, 40 years down the road, and then it turns into just bitterness and nastiness between each other. So, you know, f- from your perspective, how do you, um, or how have you thought about, how can people bring awareness to that idea that, look, if, if I'm relating to a, a, a heterosexual male, and I know that a, a sense of respect makes them feel good, makes them feel like they're doing their role, mm-hmm. or when the male, when the man is relating to the woman, you know, he doesn't have to understand her. He doesn't have to, he doesn't have to have a sense of knowing why she's doing what she's doing. All he has to do, at least you can help me clarify this, is just simply give love and acceptance. You know, yeah. how, do we, how do we keep that going uh, from, from day to day and moment to moment rather than getting locked into, well, she's always nagging me because she doesn't trust me, she doesn't think I'm going to do a good job, to he doesn't love me, he doesn't give this kind of support and nurturing that I need. How, how do we keep that how do we keep that in a day-to-day situation? Well, you know, it makes me think about the attachment theory stuff. Okay. Which I found to be incredibly helpful mm-hmm. in my current marriage. And um, we read the books together. This is, of course, when Venus was going through the house of marriage. So it was awesome. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, but uh, there is just this kind of like you have to have a, an agreement to begin mm-hmm. with. And that is... Well, you kind of trust your partner. If you're the female, if you're the feminine energy in the part in the in the relationship, then don't try to be the masculine by continually questioning what the masculine person uh, energy person's doing and how they're doing it. Because mm-hmm. really, what you're saying is, well, why are you doing it that way? I think I have a better one. Right. And um, I think you should do it my way. Right. And, but you're not being honest in saying that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just kind of doing this other thing here. And you may not be aware that that's what you're doing. But what you really need to communicate is, you know, I'm feeling really anxious or uncomfortable with that. Right. 
And then he, then you give the masculine person a chance to say, oh, well, how can I help you feel better about that? Mm-hmm. He's, not, he's not saying, oh, here, let me change it entirely and do it the way you want. He's just saying, oh, well, I didn't realize that. How can I help you feel better? Right. You know, instead of her just, you know, basically letting him know, I don't trust you. I don't think you're smart enough to leave me because this is what you're, you end up hearing because mm-hmm. that's what it feels like for you right. to hear that. And you might, when you're aware that that's what you're feeling, even though you're the masculine energy, right? You just say that. So, oh, I'm feeling like you don't trust me. Mm-hmm. That you're smart enough to figure this out for us. Um, and then she'll be like, oh, shit, I didn't realize that's what I was saying. <laughs> right. <laughs> so this is what I really like about the, um, the attachment theory stuff even just the languaging that they use. What's an example? I mean, when you're thinking, well, you're like referencing like that. that. Like that, where you, you talk, you tell the absolute truth about how you're really feeling. Right. And you do it in such a way that you're caring for the relationship itself mm-hmm. rather than, because when you get into that kind of stuff, then it comes down to me versus you instead of, Okay, what's what's good about the relationship? What what do I want to? How do I want to preserve the relationship here? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. You have to care more about the relationship than you care ultimately about, you know, your um, uh, this particular conversation you're having right now. Right, and you know, I, I suppose a lot of it, as we're talking about, could come again from from past experiences. So, you know, when we think about a relationship where maybe something's happening and, and uh, one of the partners trying to uh, do something, get something done. And then uh, spouse comes in and says, well, gee, you know, d- did you, did you really do it like that? You know, this kind of questioning comes in. You know, I, I think that maybe a lot of that comes from, from maybe previous experiences in relationships or, or experiences with our parents, these sorts of things. But you know, how do we pay attention to, okay, I don't want to bring my preconceptions into this. So I want to step back and I want to watch. I want, I want to let the person who's leading lead and then see what happens. Yeah. And then if, if I let them lead once and they make a mistake, okay, well, maybe they just messed up. So that's yeah. not really uh, indicative of the whole thing. But if, if you step back and you watch and say one time after another, after another, like the decisions or the way they act seems to lead to problems. You know, at that point, it does make sense to kind of say, hey, <laughs> obviously you don't know what you're doing, right? Yeah, well, so in a partnership, one person can be much better at something than the other one. Right. And I think one of the mistakes people make is they have these gender gender assignments. Okay. Well, so... Therefore, you should fix the car. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Some women are really good at that. Right. <laughs> and, you know, just try to keep the ego out of it as much as you can. And, mm-hmm. like, some men are much better at raising kids right. than the woman is. You really have to be super individual. Mm-hmm. Try not to conform, again, to some ideal of the way things should be and instead look at what you have right here. Like for instance, you know, my husband and I, um, we can't do certain things together. (laughs) We just can't. So because we get into really stupid fights. Right. 
It's because <laughs> what we're doing is a masculine thing. Mm. We, it's requiring the masculine from both of us. Right. And so, therefore, if I can't just let him do it the way he's going to do it, which I think is way too slow or way too whatever, then I won't participate because I care more about the relationship than I care about that thing. Right. You know, like, yeah. So we can't paint a wall together, for instance. Right. So yeah. My, to, yeah. To, I, I can think of three things that, that came up. <laughs> Number one, when we first, uh, Melissa and I first started to, uh, to make a garden, um, we both did it completely differently. And then we would, we, would, we would harass each other about, you know, that's not the way you do it. And so finally we said, look, that's your side of the garden. This is my side of the garden. You grow, you grow your peppers your way. I'll grow my peppers my way. And, and then we were fine. We, we put a little, we put a little uh, wall through the garden and it was perfect. Uh, an, another one was uh, we went, uh, I think, kayaking one time and we got uh, a kayak that you could put two people in. We learned. Mm -hmm. We're never doing that again because we have to be able to do it together. And so you get your kayak, I get my kayak. You know? um, That's so funny. Yeah, there, there was one other thing too. It slipped my mind. But th there are these things that we just learned that um, we, we couldn't do it together because we both had an idea of, of how it should be done. And, we, and when we did it our own way, it, it worked. It was just we did it differently, you know. Yeah. Right, and, but there's enough things that you can do together. I right. think that you do need to have some shared interests, you know, some shared ideas of what's fun. Right, and those were actually, you know, two of the things uh, that I put in my list. Number one, you know, be, be, okay being an in, be okay being an individual. Yeah. You know, being okay with the fact that you might have different friends. Be okay with the fact that um, you might be interested in different things, and so you go explore those things differently. Um, you know, be okay. Um, be okay considering that you might like different kinds of people. You know, I even in in my work, you know, teaching yoga and meditation, uh, people have this idea that they want to be in a relationship with someone who's on the same spiritual path with them. Yeah. And, and again, I remember when I first got involved in yoga and meditation and Melissa did as well. Um, I remember I was meditating more and I was, I, I was more actively outwardly into it. And uh, I remember at one point in time was in my early twenties. I said to her, you know, if, if we're not on the same path, I don't know if this is going to work when, when we clearly were. And, and I remember talking to our meditation teacher about it. You know, he was, uh, geez, maybe 48 years older than us. So he was in his probably 70s at the time. And he said, he looked at me, he said, Ryan, he said, you leave her alone. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, said, he said, you let her do what she needs to do and you do what you need to do. So the reason I bring this up is because, you know, I talk to a lot of people that have this idea that if they're not, if they don't share the same kind of philosophy, if they don't share the same kind of uh, meditation routine or uh, even exercise routine, like there's a problem there. And like you said, it's important. It's important to be an individual, but you do have to share s something similar. Because that was also number two on my list. That yeah. there has to be something, some kind of resonance that 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 allows you to feel that you are comfortable with each other. Yeah. So I, I guess that's maybe two sides of number one. You have to be an individual and to allow that to have breathing room. Uh, on the other hand, though, there needs to be something that you do well together that you that, that brings you together you know yeah yeah there has to be enough of a, a shared 
values. Right. I think it comes down to values. So mm. because my, my first husband was, was 15 years older than me. Mm. And there were times when some of the things that he would say would remind me of my parents. Right. <laughs> right. And, and I would often wonder, it's like, well, what are we doing together? You know, that's so strange. He's, he reminds me of my dad. Oh, ew. Right. But then we would sit and talk like, okay, I, I thought we were on the same spiritual path. Mm. And I, one of the things that we loved to do was on Saturdays, we would get our cup of coffee and we would sit in these chairs in, in this room that we had and just talk about everything, mm -hmm. philosophy, uh, spirituality. We were both in the 12-step programs at that time. Mm -hmm. um, and so we had that, but then we would like speculate. And some of his speculations were just so out there <laughs> that I, you know, it challenged me right. because I had some ideas, you know, based on stuff that I had studied for a long time uh christian stuff and right. his, his ideas were like like wow <laughs> like really out there but you know because that was one of the things that we love to do so much together mm -hmm. we never had an argument about those things right i was more like fascinated by mm -hmm. what he was going to say next right and the only time that we ever did have any problems uh, along those lines was when it came to our daughter mm -hmm how to raise her right. spiritually. And that was a, a real surprise to me, that he, some of his, the attitudes that he had about that came as a real shock. Were, so those, was, were those just differences between, the, the, again, the masculine and feminine approach to it, or was it just something totally different? I don't know. Um, when I met him for a long time, I mean, he grew up in Catholicism, mm -hmm. And he was one of the kids who got, you know, up, up beaten by the, the nuns, you know, <laughs> with their rulers. And so he hated Catholicism. And, you know, we were in the 12-step program, and that was like a, the perfect structure for, you know, spiritual growth. And that was great. Whereas I'm more of an explorer, you know, I mean, I'm not like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Anyway, when it came down to us, he thought that we should raise our daughter in Catholicism. Okay. And I was like, what are you talking about? I thought you hated it. Right. And he was like, well, no, I, I did. But I still think she should have something, some kind of structure. And I'm like, well, we're all, we are giving her structure, you know. So it was like that. It was really interesting. Right. And most of the time, we shared the same values. <laughs> we had the same beliefs about basic things. Right. So and then that surprising so that we can still manage to get together even though we were of different generations we grew up with different music with different cultural references all those kinds of things and there are times when he'd be talking about something i had no idea what he was talking about right you know because he was talking about something before my time mm -hmm. and i would do the same thing and he would be like what are you talking about <laughs> it was kind of fun as so, thing. No. so the the idea then is I mean, obviously, sharing similar values is probably more important than sharing similar hobbies. Uh, probably, ultimately, yeah. yeah. Though it would be nice if you have at least one thing you like together. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, well, because you need to have fun. Well, that, that, that leads me, and we need, so I'm going to do one more, and then we got to go over to your stuff. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> um, that, that leads me to, to one more. And I've thought about this a lot. And, and this has mainly come out in regards to my, uh, how I've talked to other people who are asking me about relationships and how the successful relationship. And, you know, what I've always thought was it's, it's super important is to be yourself from the very beginning. Yes. And, and the reason I think that's the case, I mean, when I met Melissa, I was 16. So I was pretty young and who, who, who was I, you know? And so we kind of grew together. And, um, but what I found was, is that when, when one or either of us tried to either be something different or not be honest about what we were actually about, I guess, values, what, what was really important to us, that was where a lot of, of difficulty came in. And so, you know, these days when, I guess, younger folk uh, ask me about this, one of the things I try to say is, from the very beginning, be exactly who you are. Because if you do that, then you won't have to, two years later or five years later, be like, well, gee, you know, that's not who you were when I met you. And, and it, I, it's okay that people change. I'm not talking about not yeah. changing. I'm talking about like if you, and this is a silly example, if, if you really want to have kids and you're with someone who doesn't seem to think that way and you don't tell them because you're hoping that they'll come around to it eventually, that's not, it's those kinds of things I'm, I'm talking about. Does this make sense? Oh, yeah, that's really a huge kind of huge thing yeah i mean um, if, you, if you don't like if you don't like exercising in the morning but your partner does you're like oh yeah i love it and then two or three years in you finally admit you know i really never did like that i mean that's just a big letdown it really is yeah it, it is you start wondering uh, how how you know do i really know this person at all right yeah so yeah. you know as i thought about that it, it also requires that you that you know that you admit what you know about yourself too you know because if you, can, if you can know it about yourself such that you can stay, uh, stay true to it, you know, for example, in the relationship I'm in now, um, previously with Melissa, I, I was a lot more, uh, not lenient, but I, I, I was a little more wishy-washy in regards to sort of how I felt about things or what was important to me because I wanted to make sure that she was okay with it. But I decided no. I'm going to be as clear and as open about what I think from the get go. That way later on, I don't have to like backpedal and try to talk someone into it. You see what yeah, I'm saying? You're not people pleasing anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. So yourself. Yeah. And now I wonder what, you know, how often do people do that or is it, or is it common to kind of, well, you know, there are stages to a relationship. So uh -huh. like when you first begin, nobody's seeing anything clearly. Hmm. You know, there's like a lot of chemistry and you, you meet on a lot of different levels. There's this, it's, there's just really a chemical thing going on mm -hmm. and you're on your best behavior naturally. And one of the things that I hear from men is they like being with a woman who makes them want to be the best man they can be. Though I think that's different than what you're talking about. I mean, you know, I think what you're talking about is, you know, lying. Saying, yeah, sure, I love football. Well, I, I mean, in, in a way. With a passion, you know. Yeah, in a way, that's what I'm talking about. But also what you mentioned about being on your best behavior. What I'm, what I'm kind of getting at is don't be on your best behavior. 
Seriously. <laughs> be, be, be on the behavior that, that, that is just you. Don't try, don't try to think, oh, well, should I do this? Don't be on your best behavior. Be as, you know, be as you are. That way they will know from the beginning, this is what I'm getting. Yeah, so that's something that, that's an, I think that's an individual internal thing, um, what you're talking about, and that is where you just have to decide. Well, I, like I made a decision many years ago that I, I decided that I was going to be willing to lose the relationship before I lost myself, mm-hmm. which is a, another way of saying that. I wasn't going to be trying to make myself into something that I thought that he would really like instead of being who I actually am, right. including my flaws, mm-hmm. right? And, but you don't want to be with somebody who's always pointing out your flaws either. Right. right. I mean, you're really aware of what they are already. I mean, I mean, unless you're stepping on the other person and you don't know it, and you do want them to tell you that uh-huh. because you don't want to keep doing it. But you know what I'm saying, where you're um, – there are some people who are just real critical by nature, mm-hmm. and it's really hard to be with them. Right. And it is the temptation is to try to be different for that right. person. Right. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I, I, when I think about it, and I can't think of any fantastic examples off the top of my head, but it's sort of like, let's just say someone is, is a musician and it's important for them, you know, on, I don't know, Tuesday and Sunday nights that they're going to go play music somewhere and they might, they might be home late. Right. Mm-hmm. So from the very beginning, you, you let the other person know, look, Every Tuesday, every Sunday night, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, I'm not, this is, you, you don't not do it and then try to work it in later. Yes. Yeah. That, that's, I totally agree with that. Right. Right. So just and being. Tell, yeah. That, that's what I tell, one of the things I tell women all the time. Mm-hmm. And that is don't give up your activities. Don't give up your friends. Don't do those things. I mean, you need to make some time for a new relationship, of course. Mm-hmm. The self-care stuff that you do, the stuff that you really, it's a big part of who you are, don't give those up for anything. Right. Because what's ironic about that is that if you give up everything for the sake of the relationship, you become really boring. And, the, you know, you might lose the relationship just because you're boring. Right. Because you did that. You know, you made yourself into what a blank slate, like for whatever that other person wants. Mm-hmm. Well, you also you also want someone to act, you you also I think want to be in a relationship with someone that actually does like what you're really like. That's right? true. I see. Yeah. That's what you get. That yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. You 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 want to be in a relationship with someone that like even with you even and this I guess leads to another subset of things. You know, even even though you've got some some difficult quirks or whatever, if if they're able to see that and say, well, you know, that's just part of the character. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know that that makes it okay because if you're being yourself, then you know a year later, two years later, three years later, or longer that the person you're with that they actually do like you for who you really are. Versus, oh, we've been together so long that now they're obligated to stay with me. <laughs> you know, because a lot of people do that. I think I do. I know, and it's probably because they maybe have had past experiences with somebody who didn't like them. Right. Like about them and was just not very advanced in relationship stuff mm-hmm. and they let it scar them or something or um, they don't like themselves enough right. they don't think that I'm interesting enough or 
lovable enough or I have enough to offer, whatever that is. Like one of the things I tell women is don't be with a man who hates himself mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's a total drag. Don't be with a man who hates himself. Yeah, if he doesn't like himself, if he doesn't have respect for himself, if he's doing stuff that he hates, uh-huh. and you know, like a job that he hates, for instance, and it's not what he wants, and he's not being treated with respect at work, and he, but yet he's not taking any action mm-hmm. to change that, to take control of that, like maybe get another job or start his own business or change what he's doing, whatever. Mm-hmm. All he does is just, oh, no, uh, stay away from that. Okay. Just like I would tell men, don't be with a woman who's self-destructive. Mm. You know, where she, she does things, she doesn't take care of herself. You know, mm. she does too many drugs, she drinks a lot, she doesn't take care, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. And she hangs around with people who gets her into ridiculous situations because of their stupid decisions. You know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? Those right. Sort of people. And you do need to look at that person's friends and do they add to her life or do they cause a lot of problems for her? Right. And you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. it just sounds like really basic stuff, but it's amazing well, how people do yeah. that stuff. Right. And, and I, yeah, no, many people don't, it's like they don't think about those kinds of things. And I, and I, I, I get it. I mean, many of us psychologically, have some kind of deficiency for whatever reason, you know, whether it's how we were raised or a difficult situation we went through, but it's almost like with relationships, there's this need to like fill a hole. And so many people just want to fill that hole with either the closest thing they possibly can to get in there quick or with anything that they can rather than being like, look, I've got this hole and I need to work on it myself, but also, uh, you know, maybe it would be useful to fill it with someone or a relationship that is actually supportive of, of healing this hole, of, of making me whole instead of having a hole, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I know what you're saying. Yeah. And, you know, relationships can heal a right. lot of wounds that we bring to it. But, you know, I don't know. I think that's mostly our responsibility mm-hmm. 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 To, to take care of that especially if it keeps coming up in your present relationship. You know, if, if whenever your partner does something and you automatically assume it's the same thing that the last person you were with was doing, you know what I'm saying? Well, you're not clear on um, the baggage that you bring. You right. have to do something with that. And you right. have to do it yourself mm-hmm. as much as you can because... Sometimes you punish the partner you're with for what the last one did right, or didn't do. Mm-hmm. And we've probably all experienced that. Yeah. Yeah. And this, you know, this leads me to uh, another, I guess, nuance of the whole thing. Um, you know, we have this, we can just, we can talk all day long about being an individual and being strong in ourselves first. But I guess the other end of that is, uh, again, learning this from, being with Melissa and kind of thinking about uh, the future. And when I think about being in relationships and being in a relationship, it seems to me that, yeah, you need to have the sense of being an individual and being whole oneself, but you also have to have the capacity to really want to give your all and support to the person that you're with. And to be able to realize that there are going to be burdens that need to be bared or born, I don't know what, what the proper grammar is, but 
that, that that's just part of the whole thing, that it's not, you don't get in a relationship with someone and that's just, you're perfectly complete and whole after that and you're an individual and you can do your own things, that there's going to be times and situations where either one or both of you are challenged and it's important to, to realize, hey, I have a duty. I've committed to this person. And so therefore, just like you would be there for your best friend, you know, I am there however they need, you know, exactly. whatever they need. Um, you know, I remember when, uh, when Melissa got sick and, and being in the hospital with her, I mean, I, I never left her side if I couldn't help it. And um, I've had, I had people say to me, wow, that's, uh, that, that's amazing. You know, not everyone would do that. I'm thinking, what do you mean not everyone would do that? I mean, like if the woman that you love is in the hospital and you know, what do you mean they wouldn't do that? Like it, 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 it didn't make sense in my mind because it seems like if you're going to be committed to someone that that is, that is part of it, you know? Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that was just marriage vows are right. Sickness and health. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. those, those good old fashioned vows. Right. Mean, they're supposed to mean something. Mm -hmm. And so when you're in it, then be in it. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. just go all in. Right. You know, what, why not? What else are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, and for many years, though, I was the kind of person, I always had one foot out the door mm -hmm. and was way too ready to just say, okay, that's it. Bye. Right. And, you know, that's, that changed over the years. And partly because in my first marriage, I was pretty immature in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And um, my husband, he just, he just would do things in such a way that would make me see myself that may, would make me laugh, mm -hmm. really. And <laughs> like one time I threw a glass and it broke. Mm -hmm. And he just stood there and looked at it. And then looked at me. And in that moment, I was like, okay, why did you do that? That's right. really embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I never did it again. Because no. it didn't, you know, it didn't get the reaction that, I don't know what I was expecting. Right. I was just so frustrated that my words failed. I didn't right. know what, how to say what I wanted to say. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's what I did. Mm -hmm. but his reaction was like perfect. Well, you know, what were you thinking about? Or were you throwing it because you were mad? Yeah. Okay. Really well, angry. <laughs> you know, you, this, you know, this leads me to this idea of I've seen a lot of people in relationships. I've seen people who've been in relationships for 30, 40 plus years. And I've even seen newlyweds do this where it's almost like they are just innately pissy with each other. And, mm -hmm. and I, I don't mean... I don't mean just picking at each other in a fun way. I mean, like you, you watch them interact and it's like one, one person in the partnership does something and the other one responds in this really vicious, pissy manner. Yeah. And, oh. and, and I can't understand, I can't understand that. And, and I've always, you know, when I look back, even the smallest little things that I did that seemed that way towards Melissa, I completely and utterly regret. So and one of the things that came up for me as we were going through this was, you know, if you find yourself being pissy with someone, uh, like maliciously angry or, or snappy or, or just being downright nasty, even if it's just a, a passing thing, to me, that's kind of a, a clue that, hey, something's not right there. And, and when you make it to the end of your life or when you make it to the end of your relationship, 
more than likely a person's, you may, I would think, look back on that and think, I should not have done that because that is, if you are being pissy with someone, you are obviously not having a sense of love and respect for them. Yeah. You know what? I wrote that one down too. Oh, okay. How do you talk to each other? Yes. So say more about that from your perspective. That that means so much. The tone of voice that you're using. Mm -hmm. Um, Women especially are really sensitive to tone of voice. Mm -hmm. And to just, uh, this is your partner. This is the most important person in the world to you. Right. You have decided to give up all other possible partners in the world to be with this person for the rest of your life. So how you talk, the tone of voice that you use, um, you know, because you can be disrespectful in just your tone. Right. And, you know, at least if you do that, then apologize for it later. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so sorry I talked to you that way. And, you know, sometimes like when, when my current husband and I, if we have an argument, you know what I feel bad about most afterwards what? are the things that I said in anger. Mm-hmm. Because you can't really take those back, mm-hmm. you know. And I can sometimes feel bad about it for like weeks. But I'll tell him, I'm so sorry I said that, the way I said it. Mm-hmm. That's, I only said that because what I was really, I wasn't able to tell you what I was really feeling which was either hurt because usually I do the anger when I'm hurt thing. Right. So, um, and that's something I've been working on my whole life. It seems <laughs> like, or I should say since I began in relationships, um, but to tell, to tell the truth about what you're really feeling first will prevent you from getting to that point where you're, you just want to be sarcastic or you want to be passive aggressive mm-hmm. or you just want to, um, you know, you're just angry about things in general and you want your partner to know it, right? So you're going to talk to them in that way right. so that they know it. And in front of other people, uh, that to me is, is enough to, that, that's, that's, that's such, such, a, such a betrayal, I right. think, especially mm-hmm. when you do this with, in front of other people to your partner. Mm-hmm. That to me is so oh, sneaky and underhanded. Right. I don't know what the word is, um, but it feels like a terrible betrayal. Mm-hmm. And so even if you're furious with your partner, don't ever so say that kind of stuff. Don't do that. Don't be sarcastic. Don't be um, pissy. Right. It's a good word for it, you know. Yeah. Just be honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm so mad at you. I'm so mad at you. Right. And then maybe they can say, why are you mad? And then you try to figure it out. You know, and I've learned, that's something I've learned to do is to mm-hmm. state what I'm feeling instead. I, you know, instead of saying like a lot of mean, nasty things you want to say when you're mad. Right. We'll have to apologize for later and yet we'll still never be erased. Just say, I am so angry with you right now. Mm-hmm. I need time to calm down and then I'll talk to you. Right. Well, even with, you know, even with that, you know, there, I think there are situations where, maybe there's a great misunderstanding that you have in a relationship and then something comes out you don't mean. Yeah. Um, I'm also referring a little bit more to like when it's just normal everyday things, mm-hmm. you oh, know, yeah. when you're, when, when you, when you're with someone and, and they're in a relationship and you know, you're just doing normal stuff and then one partner says or does something and then all of a sudden the reaction is almost out of proportion to what was said or done. And it almost seems like uh, not just critical, but um, 
what's the word? Uh, almost like the person responds as in like, that's a dumb thing. Like, why would you even like, as, as though they're making the person feel stupid, yeah. you know? And, yeah. um, you know, with that, yes, I think it, it says something about relationships, but I also think that, uh, you know, if a person's responding that way, yeah, it might be about the relationship, but maybe it also kind of speaks to something that they can't express in themselves. Like maybe there's something that they're upset about or, or having a lot of difficulty about. And, 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 and when someone else seemingly says or does something that triggers them to feel misunderstood or something like that, then it comes out. So, you know, I think that a relationship can also be a good uh, barometer for, well, where are you? You know, if you are acting that way, well, yeah, maybe the relationship sucks and you need to get out of it, all right? Maybe, maybe you have so much resentment for the things the other person has done because you've not communicated well. That's one thing. Or maybe it's just there's something going on in you that, that you can't handle or you're not willing to face, and so it comes out because the other person is a safe outlet for it. Yeah, you, you, think, you know, they think it's a safe outlet. They think it's a safe outlet. Yeah, we're not saying that it is a safe outlet. I know, uh, I know what you're saying, that, that you, the people closest to you are the ones you, you treat the worst. Right, right. Well, you know, the, one of the things that you can do, well, at least this is what I try to do, and that is, is there something that I need to know? Mm -hmm. Are you upset with me? Mm -hmm. Instead of reacting in kind, right. reading in kind, you say, ooh, that sounded kind of sarcastic. Are you mad at me about something? Do you know? Is there something I need to? Is there something you need me to know? Right. Um. Yeah. Because because uh, you have to bring it out in the open right there. Right. So it doesn't fester. And if the person's just having a hard time in life mm -hmm. for whatever reason, then you know, then you can just say, you know, I really don't feel good when you talk to me like that. Right. And it works. It does. And so if your partner's in a really bad mood and they're taking it out on you. This is what I learned from Pat Allen. It's so funny. <laughs> he says, just say to them, you know, you have the right to be in any kind of mood you want to be in. Mm -hmm. And you have the right to talk to me that way. And you have the right to whatever it is. But I don't like it. So I'm going to leave. Right. I'm going to go somewhere else. And you know what? Oftentimes people are so surprised by that. They're like, oh, I had no idea I was being such a jerk. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. And the mood changes like that. So you, you kind of set the standard, too. It's like, so if there's somebody talking to you in that kind of way, you have to bring it out in the open right then and there. Right. You know, first of all, you tell them they have the right to do it because they do. Yeah. They have the right to do these things, right? We can lie, cheat, and steal, and kill, and whatever. Right. But there's a price to pay for those things. Mm -hmm. and so you just tell them, like, it's going to cost you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't want to be around you. I'm not enjoying your company. Mm-hmm. Well, just for the just for the sake of time, just to make sure we, we get as far as we can today, where are we on your list? And is there anything that? Oh, we kind of went all over. There's one thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is because I was just being silly. Because um, I was talking about this with my husband yesterday, and he was yawning while while we were talking. And when so he you, yawns, so I you did get in a fight. You you did get in a fight yeah. when you were talking about this. How to have good relationships, and you got in a fight about it. It's hilarious. Um. But I can't help it. It's like this little kid in me comes out when he yawns, and I always go like this. <laughs> put my finger in his mouth. And, you know, he tries to, to bite my finger, and he can never catch me. <laughs> little playful stuff like that. 
Uh-huh. You know, and every now and then, for some reason, I just get this urge. It's so weird. I just want to put my finger right up his nose. <laughs> 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 you know, just, just just stupid little stuff like that. Let your partner do that. <laughs> yeah. So so let your partner be playful, even if it's uncomfortable with your or. You let your partner be playful, even if it's uncomfortable with your for your orifices. Or or totally juvenile. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Oh, and then I came up with this other thing. Uh-huh. Just because I have a thing for alliteration. Okay. That is, um, it's a boneheaded boy thing. <laughs> and we try to come up with one for girls, you know, for it's a it's a something girl thing. Yeah. So much of, of what I don't, what our misunderstandings are, is just not understanding the difference between the sexist thing. Right. And so I'm calling it the boy-headed bone thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, the boneheaded boy thing, right. And we couldn't come up with one for girls because well, we do stupid stuff too, you know? Oh, right. I, thought, I thought it was because as, as women, you never did anything wrong. Oh, well, there is that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Ernst said that one time. He said, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, women are just like perfect or something along those lines. I remember Laura and I talking about it, and I said, Laura, I think he's wrong about that. And she goes, yeah, he totally is. <laughs> well, I, I remember yeah, Ernst telling – By any means. I remember, so anyway, those of you who are listening, uh, Ernst Wilhelm, he's, he's a friend of ours, and maybe he will be on this uh, podcast at some point too. But um, uh, I remember him saying when it comes to relationships that if there's a problem in the relationships, it's probably the man's fault. Yeah. Did you, well, did you, did you hear him say that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I right into that. Well, uh, and and when I think back, I, I I think he's right. And when I think about all the things, all the problems that I've ever had in a relationship, it was because I had some stupid idea of how it should be, and I was not remembering that what's most important is to keep the woman you love as happy as possible. That's that's <laughs> that's what that's what I came to. Without betraying yourself. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, without betraying yourself, but, you know, there are so many things that I think about, you know, uh, being in a relationship young and all the immature ways that I, that I acted and all the things that I thought were important that were not important at all when, you know, really when it comes right down to it, it seems like, number one, do you get along most of the time? Meaning, are you comfortable with each other? Um, and then can you, can you love and support each other? So do you get along? Are you comfortable with each other? And can you love and support each other? And if you can do those things, it seems like you can have a healthy, supportive relationship. You can live your life as an individual, and you can make it through life uh, with someone that you, you know you can count on, just like just like you could count on your best friend, you know, or or a good friend. Yeah, you know. You know and one more thing too, I think it's important that we acknowledge each other for what we bring, hmm. because my husband does so many things for me that. I mean, he really, truly makes my life easier. Mm-hmm. I know that if he wasn't around and I had to do all this stuff myself, right? that it would be, my life would be a lot harder. Mm-hmm. It would take even more time to get something done than it does now. Right. I mean, seriously, to appreciate those things and to say so. Well, I guess I, I guess I would add to that, you know, does being with your partner, you know, make your life better. <laughs> yeah. does, does it make your life better? And, and does it make it easier? Do you compliment each other? Yeah. And, and it, again, you're not trying to be exactly like each other. You're trying to uh, be with someone that you compliment that way. Uh, you know, when, when you come home, you don't have to do all the work. <laughs> right. 
you know, or, or you don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to feel like you have to do everything yourself. And, and I think if you've got that kind of sense, uh, then you know that you're, you're with the right person. But if you're with someone who it seems like you're pulling them along, it's always a drag, you know, it feels like you're responsible for them or, or any kind of combination of that where there is, there is an imbalance that in order for the relationship to work well, one person has to be doing all the work or one person has to have all of the sense or all of the wisdom. You know, each of you have a different type of wisdom. You know, like I remember uh, I've learned that when it comes to uh, spending time with people, there are certain, certain times when I don't have good sense about is this, a, is this a, going to be a healthy long-term person to spend time with. But I've learned that, you know, I don't have that. So I need to defer to someone else say, hey, what do you think? And if they say, no, you're going to get yourself in trouble, I say, great, then I'm not even going to worry about it. So it's learning to have that level of trust mm, to where you yeah. know whose strength, who has what strengths and then following that, you know, then, then you become greater than the sum of the parts, you know? Exactly. That so, person, you, yeah. Um, it's, your life is better because that person's in it. Right. That's pretty much a good barometer. Right. You know, there's one other thing I wanted to, to say real quick. And yeah. that is do different kinds of things together so that you can learn new things about your partner. Mm-hmm. Every now and then, like recently, I've had the experience of learning something new about my husband. Hmm. Just like any, you know, I was curious. So I just asked him a lot of questions and I learned some stuff about him that I never knew before. Mm-hmm. And I've known him since I was 16. I mean, that's a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like 40 something years. I don't know, a really long time. Uh-huh. And it's really nice learning something new mm-hmm. and seeing a new side to that person, you know? So do new things together. Yeah. Don't get stuck in a rut, basically. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Turn off yeah. the television. Yeah, turn off the television. That's right. Yeah, I um, I uh, I uh, my uh, meditation teacher uh, Roy Davis uh, had just passed this uh, probably about two months ago, and um, I'd re- I'd recently written to his wife. Um, I knew her, I know her as well, but just to kind of see how she was doing, and just to chat a little bit. And she said, uh, you know, Roy, that's his name, Mr. Roy Davis. He always said, you always got to keep moving forward. You don't want to get stuck. You know, where you are meant to be is where you are. And, and you, you keep moving forward. You keep exploring. You keep learning. And you keep growing, you know, personally. And also, I, I think that applies to to relationships. Um, so, I guess the, the, the trick is to um, build, build, a, build an honest, authentic, kind foundation where you can really trust that you can do that with each other. You know, yeah. And if things come up that that cause contention or or a sense of criticism or or difficulty, you know, take that as a sign that hey, maybe we need to look at this or or work on this. You know, um, you know. And, and again, I'm not. Uh, uh, I I do think that sometimes it's important for people to go their separate ways after you know if if they can't if if there's just too much difficulty or too much strain, it makes sense that you've grown apart, but. I guess the, the purpose of our conversation, the reason I want to talk to you is to kind of speak to people and help people recognize what it takes to make that ship keep sailing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, um, yeah, so we're probably out of time here and not, we probably are. We, we actually are, yeah. but when just as a final thought, 
from you, um, from your experience, you know, in your relationships, having long-term successful relationships, uh, how would you summarize maybe a, a most important approach to it? How would you summarize something for people to know who really want to make things work and, and figure out how to do it? Can you do that? That's such an easy question, Ryan. <laughs> 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 summarize yeah. it. Uh, I don't know. Listen to how you feel when you're with the person. Okay. Listen to how you feel. We'll say more about that. And if you're, if you're in a, a, a relationship with, you know, one of the psychopaths, you know what? You pretty much know it. Right. You know it. And you just have to um, just stay true to yourself. Like just realize how you're feeling when you're with this person. Somehow you, somehow you're always feeling one down or, that you're being disrespected or manipulated something, you know, you get this little feeling in your stomach. Right. Listen to that. Okay. Just listen to that. Yeah. I think actually, you know, I'm, I'm wondering if maybe there's a lot more psychopaths than we think. <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of people who've had that experience. Well, we might, we might have to get, we might have to get a, a, a different conversation. <laughs> a, a different conversation, and we'd probably have to t- take some time to break down the difference between psychopaths, sociopaths, and neurotics. Um, yeah. But you're right. I mean, the more I've, and this is part of the reason why I wanted to do this podcast, because the more I've talked to people, the more I've thought to myself, wow, I had no idea that relationships went that way, <laughs> because because I was never subjected to that. You, you know. Yeah. And it, it surprises me. Uh, Number one, what people put up with, and it surprises me um, how it seems that people don't allow themselves to trust what you're saying, their own gut, their own intuition. And, and, and even, if there's, even if they meet 10 people and none of them respond or resonate with your heart, to be able to say, well, that's okay because I'm not letting that in my life. I'm going to wait until I feel that inner resonance that says, yeah, okay, I, I follow this. I, I'm, as I've been saying recently, I'm willing to roll the dice with this person, you know, yeah. because that's what you're doing. You know, after Melissa, I met probably the most wonderful person I could ever imagine meeting. And after going through all that with Melissa, there was a part of me that said, Whoa, wait a minute there. Do you really want to set yourself up for another possible experience like that? But I thought back and I realized well, other than an illness <laughs> and what, what happens in people's lives, uh, death and dying the relationship itself was fantastic and and even though bad things can happen when you're with someone that you know you're meant to be with you're willing to roll those dice yeah you, you know you, you don't know what the dice are going to you don't know what's going to happen when you when you can, when you throw them but you're willing to take that chance you know exactly and it's usually because of the way you feel with the person exactly yeah that that inner response with you yeah you know? Isn't that what it comes down to? We I want think, to feel a certain way. Yes, yes. <clears throat> and so uh, you're willing to do that. I mean, it's not really a sane thing to say, till death do us part, and sickness and health, richer for poorer, you know, that kind of stuff. It's kind of crazy, but you do it because of a feeling that you have when you're with that person. Right. You know there's a rightness to it. Yeah, there's something right about it. You can feel it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for taking the time to, to be here, Karen. And um, as always, it was a pleasure to talk to you. You too, Ryan. Thank right. you. Yeah, you take care.